come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett's, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett, as my husband affectionately calls me. Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk. In this week's episode, we will be beginning a new series, Essentials of Christianity. In this week's episode, we will be discussing the nature of God according to God's Word. Yeah, that's right. Come on, come on, come on. We are back live in PNT Podcast Studio with another great lesson for another great week. We're going to talk about the nature of God. Let's look at the biblical and world definition of nature. The basic or inherent features of something, especially when seen as characteristic of it. We can find this biblically in John 14, 8 through 11. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works of themselves. Let's take this nice and slow. I want you to think back to the lesson last week where I read John 14, where where Jesus told us that we were going to do some greater works than he did, okay? Jesus was questioned by the disciples regarding the Father. Remember, he was questioned last week too. It gives me the impression they didn't believe that they now had God-like powers for doing greater works than Jesus did. But if you read on, you will find that this question was really about Jesus' connection to God and the disciples wanted the exact same relationship, okay? They were, in my opinion, wanting to cut out the middleman, which was Jesus. You hear that? They wanted to cut Jesus out of the equation. They wanted to know, they wanted to be taken, or they wanted to be introduced directly to the Father. The Word tells us, in John 14 and 6, it's very clear. No one gets to the Father except through Jesus, because He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is about that life, my young loyal listeners. He is about that life. Don't you just love how the word connects and confirms its validity? The disciples recognized the very nature of God through Jesus' worldly human existence. They saw Jesus do things only God could do. I'm sure you could think of some things and some times where you saw the very nature of God for yourself. You don't have to admit it. You called it spooky, something else magical, or just a coincidence. Or you probably even said Murphy's Law. But that was actually God. We learned that God is always at work around us and in us. See, you have to recognize and own that. All you have to do is acknowledge He exists through and in His Son, Jesus Christ, accept His invitation to do the works He's done and greater, and finally join God in His work to reconcile our dying world back to Him. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, which is God. This verse of scripture brings illumination to this very subject in question. Is Jesus God and is God in Jesus? The writer of Hebrews wrote 
the inspired word of God telling us that Jesus is an exact reputation of God's very being. There's no arguing that. That's what it says. Jesus is the real deal. He's not a fake. Here's my quick play on words. Another way to say Jesus is God is to replace radiance with a more identifiable word. I think you missed it. I'll circle back afterwards. I promise. The sun is the brilliance or splendor of God's glory. See, I changed it. The sun is the brilliance or splendor of God's glory. Okay, okay. This lesson is about the nature of God and is Jesus God. So let me, let me, let's, let's, let's think about that, okay? His disciples didn't identify Jesus as God. So I said replace radiance with a more identifiable word. No pun intended. Watch this. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 1 and 1. So the pun on word is they were trying to identify who Jesus was when he has been the word all the time. So my pun was with a more identifiable word. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back after this short break. We are back live in PNT Podcast Studio after that short break. I hope my pun intended didn't confuse you. But let's talk about some practical ways to see the nature of God, because I think this is vitally important in our growth. Given that this is a Bible study, why not just see God in His Word? It's all biblical for someone to understand God's nature. The Bible is full of first-hand accounts of God and His nature. I know we're told to put our all in Jesus because He saved us and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us safely. This is just God showing His nature that all three persons through the Trinity as evidence God working together for His glory. Let's get some ways to see the nature of God. Let's get to it. Number one, God's nature. God is infinite. How is that? He's infinite in, in presence. The scripture tells us, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there also. He is infinite in power. With God, all things are possible. He is infinite in knowledge. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Before you speak, he knows what you're going to say. We know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. He is infinite in his existence. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you were God. So God has been here. Number two, God is holy. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory. God is just a holy being. He is supremely holy. Number three, God is sovereign. My purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So God is so sovereign that whatever he decides, whatever he wants to do, will be the thing that lasts forever. Nothing that we do will last forever, but everything that God does will last forever. And number four, God is righteous, and he rules. The Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. You have to live a life according to God's righteousness in order not to have to succumb or to submit to his justice or his judgment because he is the lawgiver. God is bigger than the world, so don't get that confused. We are to follow the rules of the land, but we are also to follow the rules of God because God 
does have a heaven and hell to put us in where the world does not. So make sure you follow that. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? We were chatting about John 14, 8 and 9, which reads, Lord, said Philip, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? The youth felt that Philip was extremely bold and borderline disrespectful to approach Jesus in this manner, like Jesus wasn't the son of God, like he had to prove himself. They laughed, but I had to ask them, how many of us do this today? Not in the sense of believing in the Trinity, but when we say we trust Jesus, when we say we believe in him, when we follow him, we still have doubt about some things we see like extraordinary occurrences, miracles. We doubt some things that we have read in the Bible. We want Jesus to prove who he is by showing us more, showing us proof that we should believe in him, that he is, in fact, real. Both young and old struggle or have struggled in this area, wanting a sign. I know I have. When you find yourself beginning to doubt or you're waiting on a sign to come right then, stop and pray and ask God to help you in that area of unbelief, to help you to have more patience. If we have confessed with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believed in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we must believe that he is who he says he is and he will do just what he says. Remember, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's all God needs. He can work with that and you will grow in the areas of your unbelief. Also, if we have prayed or are continuing to pray for something and it hasn't happened, we must stand on the promise that was spoken in Mark 11, specifically verse 24, which reads, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. But here's the thing. We are not told how long we have to wait to see our prayers answered or if they will be answered the way we think they should. Because God says in Isaiah 55, 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So just because you think things should happen a certain way and go a certain way, it will happen the way God wants it to. But we must never stop believing that our prayers will come to pass. So start believing and stop doubting. Jesus is exactly who he says he is. In summary, the importance of seeing the nature of God. The nature of God is what makes the gospel of Jesus such great news. Not just good news, but great news. This is absolutely amazing and mind-blowing that God, who is able to create and do as he pleases because he knows all things, he chose to redeem us because we could never redeem ourselves. How did he accomplish this? He sent his son to fulfill the law, becoming a sacrifice of perfect blood, and defeat death once and for all. How can you, my young loyal listeners, fully appreciate Jesus' atoning death upon the cross without first appreciating the full nature of God? Because of who God is, the Christian can live a life of great faith, trust, humility, and submission to God because he is all-sovereign and the pure nature of God is what keeps us going. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-production's editing techniques and used for this podcast. 
This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, its Christian education ministry, in association with Real Time with the Bennetts. Well, Real Talk, what? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.